If you are struggling with finding answers for your skin, if you're confused about what products to use, or wondering why ingredients matter, well, you are not alone. Each month on the Beauty Aside podcast, we're going to host a skin talk segment where we clear up some of the myths and confusion regarding our skin health. Welcome to the Beauty Aside podcast. I'm Gentry Quinn. I dropped out of school at the age of 17, got my GED, and still managed to build multiple businesses and a beauty line from the ground up. Beauty aside, each week we'll be talking with entrepreneurs and learning what it takes to achieve balance and what it really means to follow your dreams. I would like to welcome back my dear friend and esthetician, Cecily, today. Hey, Cecily. Hi. Hi. So last time there were a few things that we didn't get to in our Skin Talks Part 1, like melasma, rosacea, things like that that we're going to go over today. But also, I know um, you can tell me about your clients, but I know what is on a lot of my clients' minds, and that would be anti-aging, like wrinkles, um, treatments, and things like that. So what do you say we give it a go and talk about some of those best treatment solutions today? Yes. I'm really excited. Now, uh, you are mostly a holistic practitioner, correct? Yes. So does that really change the way you personally treat people? Like say if you have a protocol for an anti-aging treatment, um, like how do you remain a holistic practitioner and personally still give people results? Um, well, I have different clients and so, um, I kind of meet them where they're at. Some people are more open to holistic approaches and then others, they, um, they want like to you, they want to do like Botox, laser treatments and use, um, different like acids, retinols and things like that. So I kind of, um, use a little bit of both depending on the client. I love that you said that because I completely agree. You said meet them where they're at. And that is so important because here is uh, us as estheticians. I think I can speak for the both of us. We're definitely, we definitely don't come with judgment. Yeah. We come to help people where they are. So just because maybe we wouldn't do something to our skins or use injectables or whatever that is, doesn't mean that we care if our clients do. We just mm-hmm. want them to be safe. And if they ask our opinions, we'll give them an honest answer, right? Yeah. So I think that's the best way to go about it is just to have that open dialogue and meet people where they're at. Some people definitely want to be more aggressive than others. So speaking of um, treatments for anti-aging or being more cre- uh, aggressive, what are some effective treatments for wrinkles that you have come in contact with or that you like to practice on your clients? Um, I am a really big fan of just like I've gotten into like facial massage and gasha. So I like to do a lot of um, massage like under the eyes, help stimulate the collagen as natural as I could. And then like I'll recommend like an eye cream. So um, yeah, just recommend new products that I think that will help and kind of going on along the lines of where their client's at. Like if I know 
Um, I could recommend a nice natural eye cream and they'll benefit from, then I'll recommend that. But if they want something with like a retinol, then we'll do that. And then also the spa that I'm at has different like modalities. So I've used like the new face machine. So that kind of helps um, stimulate the collagen along the eyes and kind of gives like a little instant um, eye lift. Um, and so I feel like there's a bunch of different things kind of depending on what you have access to in your spa environment. Most certainly not everyone has uh, access to the same, um, to the same thing. So that's a really good point. And I love that you mentioned massage because whenever I was in aesthetic school, um, I was Ayurvedic trained. Um, one of the, one of my, um, peers actually that was taking, that was getting her aesthetics license uh, she was also a massage therapist and she was the first person to let us know in the class that um, by doing the massage on the face, you're actually changing the way the skin will lay over the muscle. And I thought that is so brilliant. Um, you know, I've been massaging my skin as well as my clients ever since. And I think it's, it's completely effective. I think it's more effective than people might even realize because it's, one, it's, it's free. It's something you can do to yourself. And it's really simple if you know what you're doing. Obviously, you do. there is kind of a method to the madness of you know massaging and lymphatic drainage and all that kind of stuff. But once you know how to do it, you know, it's, an, it's often just a matter of doing it, just straight up, just in doing it with some type of regularity if you're trying to really massage those wrinkles out of your skin. Mm-hmm. But I really, it's one of the things that I always practice and always recommend to everyone. And it feels amazing. Also. It does. And that's one thing too. Um, I, a lot of our clients that we see primarily like their um, goal is anti-aging or to reduce wrinkles. And that is one thing that I'll recommend um, to do at home. So like if you're do like applying your eye cream, massage under your eyes, do those under eye circles. Um, yeah, massage your face and kind of like the sillier you look like the better. And so like, don't be afraid to like manipulate your face and just kind of um, get to know it and what your skin feels like. And you'll notice a really big difference. That is really great advice. And if you're unsure of what to do, there's a lot of YouTube videos. I would say maybe try to look for ones where you're listening to a licensed, you know, practitioner so that you're actually doing it the right way. Because if you're like I am, if you're going to actually spend the time and do something, you know, you want to do it right. Right. So you're not wasting your time. Um, Another uh, great treatment um, that I like to do for my clients regarding anti-aging is uh, just doing hydrating treatments because I feel like when our, our skin gets really depleted, people always want to go for the really strong stuff on the skin, you know, the retinols and things like that, which are, have fantastic purposes, but often the skin is either dry or dehydrated. So I've worked in places where we have done the, um, what's the hydrating facial called? Hydrofacial? Hydrofacial. Yeah. It was a huge, big, fancy machine. I've done those. Um, but in my own spa, um, I feel like it's just as effective to do hydrating treatments where we use like hyaluronic acid and really help, really help mm-hmm. push these things back into the skin that we're being depleted of, whether it's because of the lifestyle, not getting enough hydration, like internally or the climate or, you know, the external factors, things like that. So hydration is a big one when it comes to treating wrinkles, believe it or not. And, um, and another thing I would say is just, I feel like 
<clears throat> you know, everybody is, is subscribes to something different, but for myself and my clients, I would always recommend some type of night treatment because at night your skin is regenerating, right? It's healing. And so if we can give it something to boost that, uh, sort of repair, um, process, however, however you want to say it. Um, I think that it does help with the overall appearance of the skin. So something with vitamin A, I feel like is very exact, very effective, excuse me, for overnight treatment. It doesn't have to be, uh, it doesn't have to be retinol from the dermatologist, but something that has a good quality vitamin A in it will help with the cell rate turnover which kind of it helps expedite it, which is going to help with the wrinkles also. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Um, I thought you would be really proud of me because <laughs> I do not use retinol because my skin is really sensitive and it doesn't react well. But I just started using a triple hydroxy acid night serum and I thought of Gentry because that Aww. is a big step for me. <laughs> Yeah, you actually brought up a good point because everybody's skin tolerance is going to be different. Some people, they're working with more sensitized skin. And so we talked about meeting, we meet people where they are, right? Including Mm -hmm. ourselves. So if our skin isn't in a place to receive a certain type of treatment or ingredient or product, whatever, then we need to start out slower and start where we are and build our way up to whatever it is. Or else, if you're putting a bunch of stuff on your skin and your skin's not ready to tolerate because maybe it just needs to be more hydrated, you know, it needs basic Mm -hmm. repair, then you're actually going to cause yourself more harm and not be able to tolerate anything. Yeah. And um, we talked about this on our first podcast about um, properly exfoliating your skin and making sure that your skin's barrier function is um, healthy. So when your skin is properly exfoliated and moisturized, then that's when you're going to see a decrease in like wrinkles and just like overall, um, brightness of the skin. And so, yeah, so like properly moisturizing your skin is so essential, but also to have it properly moisturized, you have to make sure it's properly exfoliated. Yes. Yes. So if you haven't listened to skin talks part one, I'm definitely going to say, put this on pause (laughs) or finish listening to it and then go back to one. And number two will make more sense because if that lipid barrier and the skin is, um, is sensitized, if it's needing to be repaired. And when I say sensitized, I mean, um, you know, your skin is so sensitive that you cannot tolerate certain things or it uh, is very dry and then it has breakouts, things like that. Um, to where your skin is really becoming a challenge, you really want to work on just getting it to a healthier place, repairing that, that lipid barrier so that it can function properly. So definitely go back and listen to, um, to part one so that you can just, it's all, you know, it's all basic to begin with. And then you can, you can add to the recipe, but at the beginning, you just need to start off um, doing the basic stuff like choosing um, a nice cleanser and choosing the right type of moisturizer that's going to help your skin combat the dry air if needed um, and stuff like that. So it starts off very basic. And then, like I said, you can be your own cook in your own kitchen when it comes to your skincare. 
Um, some things we didn't get to last time, we didn't get to melasma or rosacea. So I just wanted to um, talk about that. I know personally, a lot of clients that I've treated have had melasma. So what are some things that you've done that you've used that you think has, or maybe we should pack up for a second for the people that are tuning in that don't even know what melasma is. Whenever you experience that, that surge of, um, you, you may have like a discolored spots, right? It's, uh, it's like an overabundance of, um, melanin that's produced in the skin. Sometimes, uh, people call it a pregnancy rash because a lot of the times when the homo- hormones are affected or changed, people are, will experience melasma. Um, so what, and, and feel free to add that to, to that. So I'm just trying to explain mm-hmm. to people what it is, but what have you used in your treatments that you feel are most effective in melasma? Um, I personally have not had any clients with melasma, but I have had friends who have experienced it. And so my understanding of it, um, and a lot of it has come from pregnancy and the increase of hormones and all the changes that are happening. And the little research I have done, I know that it's um, also do like heat can aver- um, agitate it and kind of bring it on. So that makes sense. Like hormones, the temper- temperature regulations, things are changing. So it just kind of appears, but there's a lot of things that you can do. I think properly exfoliating and then also um, like light little like enzyme pills. Cause when you're pregnant, you don't want to eat. There's certain things that, um, you shouldn't put on your body like salicylic acids or anything that could get into the um, bloodstream. Um, And also just keeping it like hydrated. And um, I'm a really big fan of like rosemary, aloe, anything that will help calm the skin because essentially you just kind of want to soothe and nourish the skin. And, you know, there might not be a lot that you can do. And eventually, um, it will kind of subside and go away. So after, you know, you give birth to your baby and that's um, no longer a factor that you have to worry about, then I would say if it hasn't gone away, then you can do um, like um, chemical peels and things like that to help with the pigment to decrease it. That was a, a really good overview of what I would have probably said to you. Um, I have had clients with the melasma um, I agree with everything that you said. I do think that um, sun protection would be the number one thing because while you might not be able to control the onset of it, you can control it getting worse. And the sun will definitely um, kind of exaggerate the appearance of it. But just hang on to the hope that, <clears throat> or the idea that most people's melasma will improve and get better. I did have a client, I will share this very small story that um, has melasma and she went to um, a, a dermatology place and they did some, I wish I could remember the exact treatment, but some type of laser uh, what was it? Was it IPL? I know that's wonderfully effective for um, lots of things, right? Like little uh-huh. spider veins and stuff like that. Yeah. But they used a laser on her melasma and it actually made it worse. Mm-hmm. So I will caution you to jump the gun and go do anything drastic. I, I'm with Cecily. I think you should kind of just 
work on calming the skin, protecting the skin. It probably is going to go away on its own, but if you need some assistance after, you know, after things are nice and calm, then maybe a light peel or something like that. You still need to be careful with the peels, nothing crazy, because again, just like the laser treatments, it could possibly make it worse. Mm -hmm. So just do your own research um, and, you know, make sure that this is another thing. Whenever my client was at the, um, at their office, she didn't actually ask any questions because she just blindedly trusted them. And while it, I feel like that's, that's sweet. That's something that's like, Oh, we should be able to trust our practitioners our doctors. Um, you know, one, one shoe size doesn't fit all. So maybe that worked for a lot of their clients, but she didn't ask a lot of questions and maybe, um, maybe that it could have, you know, maybe prevented her from even getting the laser treatments if she had done a little research. So, um, don't just go with what everyone says. Definitely take um, some initiative and, and do a little research on your own to make sure that that treatment um, is the best for you because you're the one that knows your skin and your body the best. So I will say that. Um, what about rosacea? Because I know that's a common um, a common condition, classified. I'm pretty sure as a disease, right? I know yeah. we don't like to. A lot of people like don't like to think about it like that because it sounds terrible, but let's just break it down into dis-ease. Okay. And it's something, um, that can be, can be improved and corrected, right. Mm -hmm. With the, um, a lot of times with the, it can maybe be with the right diet or maybe there's external factors, like I mentioned before that exacerbate the condition. Um, there's different degrees of rosacea, different, you know, like levels of which people experience it. But, um, with my experience in treating people, it's all about really calming the skin. And, um, you know, whether that's you incorporating anti-inflammatory foods, you know, being, being conscious of being out in the sun, making sure that you're always protecting your skin. Also kind of looking at triggers, like being aware of what triggers might be out there. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and that's with everything. If you're experiencing a condition like eczema or dermatitis or whatever it is, what did you, what did you recently eat? I mean, there's a lot of connective tissue when it comes to um, what our body is trying to tell us through our skin. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's my, that's my two cents working on calming the skin and, um, and protecting it is probably your best bet. And then also like looking out for those triggers. What about you? I agree with a lot of, um, what you just said. So when I am, um, seeing clients, um, who have rosacea, um, I want to help bring down that inflammation. So I'll, I won't, like, if we're doing a facial in the treatment room, I won't use a lot of steam. I will, won't use any steam. I will limit the amount of heat that I'm putting on the skin. So I won't do anything that is overstimulating, um, really warm, because I want to cool the skin down and nourish it. So I will do a lot of, um, use a lot of products with, like, rose, aloe and um, researching ingredients that help calm the skin and also um, what Gentry said asking them um, about their diet um, when they notice like um, a big flare-up in their skin and I'll just do my best to help 
calm them and educate them and get to know um, more about them and kind of what, if they're outside a lot, um, you know, drinking more water, applying SPF, and doing the research on what they're putting on their skin because their rosacea may be bad, but they're using some, something with a synthetic fragrance that's not properly, uh, you know, it's not the best fit for their skin. Yeah, I think that's wonderful advice in the treatment room with the, you know, being mindful of what you're using on clients. And so I would just say to you out there, if you're experiencing these kind of things, just really um, just listen to someone who asks a lot of questions, if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Like don't, if you're going in and someone appears to be a know-it-all and you don't feel like you're being really listened to, yeah. I would probably take my business somewhere else. I would rather be with someone that has an intake form that's super long and they ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. than someone that's just, you know, has me in and out in seven minutes. Yeah. And a lot of the times that's what the general practitioners um, have to succumb to which isn't fair for them either because they don't get to treat their patients the right way when they have to see 40 patients in a day. But I'm just going to encourage you. There are practitioners out there. Maybe they work for themselves. Maybe they're independent. Whatever it is, working with an esthetician in conjunction with working with a dermatologist is what I always recommend personally because there are some things that I'm not licensed to treat even though I might be educated um, like we are because we take it upon ourselves to learn so that we can grow and help our clients. We are not able to treat any diseases and, you know, legally. So if it goes beyond the scope of our practice or what we're able to legally provide you, um, then we would like to work with you while you're working with a dermatologist to make sure you, you know, get the most out of the benefits that our services are providing you. Um, I believe, did we talk about eczema and dermatitis last time? I think we did touch on it. Yeah. I think we did touch on it. The only thing that um, I wanted to add to that was I think last time, I can't remember if I forgot to mention oregano being a natural antibiotic, but I really wanted to because it's so powerful. It's all natural and people really underestimate its ability to um, kill off bad stuff, bad bacteria. So I have a client, she's now become a friend of mine and she actually is going to nursing school and she brought me some pictures of tests they did in a lab, I'm assuming. And there was a picture of staph infection and in all its, its awful glory. And it was just, the staph was every, everywhere and taking up the whole like little portion of the experiment in the, in the image. And then they applied oregano to it and had a picture sitting next to it of, you know, kind of like a before and after. And the after part where they had used oregano showed no signs of staph. So I like to tell people that story because it is very, very powerful. And I feel like we underestimate, um, we underestimate things that are natural sometimes because it's in our kind of like Western mindset to like um, be prescribed like a drug, like a hard pharmaceutical or something. So we're like, mm-hmm. oh, if it's natural, it can't possibly work. Well, I'm here to tell you otherwise. It's not true. Oregano is very powerful. It's a natural antibiotic and it won't hurt if you take it with your antibiotic. So if you start off taking it and it helps, maybe it'll keep you from even taking one. 
um, talking about this not for your skin, right? Because some people, they get infections where they need antibiotics. Um, antibiotics are great whenever they're necessary, but there's pros and cons to everything. But there's no real cons to trying oregano first, right? Um, another thing you can do is maybe try the, the cell reduce cleanse um, in the morning. Uh, the medical medium and uh, what's Anthony William uh, talks about it a lot. You can Google him. Um, it's not it's not a trend. It's a medicinal. And when you drink celery juice, it really does flush out the toxicities and the buildup in your system and your liver, which otherwise can um, can create a sluggish environment when you're when you're eating foods that are inflammatory and um, and kind of like making it less likely for you to heal. So whenever you do the celery juice cleanse, you can do other cleanses, but I think this one, I've done it myself, is really effective, will help you heal faster because it'll start flushing out your systems, your system. Um, blueberries are also great. They have tons of antioxidants. Uh, nothing good, but good stuff about blueberries, wild blueberries. Yeah. yeah, and I think just being your own advocate for your body, getting to know it, and doing um, just, yeah, investigating your own body. Um, I personally have done a few elimination diets. Like I did like the Whole30, which, you know, you eliminate certain um, food groups for 30 days. And then you slowly add each one back in. And then, yeah, just kind of realizing, like taking inventory. Like, oh, this food makes me feel like bloated. Oh, I ate this. This made me break out. Um so I think that was valuable information. And so I do, I don't cut them out of my diet completely, but I know like, okay, I really want this, but I know it's going to make me feel this way. Is it worth it? Is it not? But also um, doing the research and knowing what foods um, my body does need. So I feel like your body does go through like different seasons. So like right now, I do not want to eat a fresh salad. I know that I need vegetables, but like the last thing I want to eat is like, a salad so lately I've been eating drinking like a lot of like bone broth soup kind of like hearty things and I feel like that's like what my body needs and then yeah just learning to listen to yourself and take inventory and what serves you and what doesn't and I think that goes along with like skincare as well like what products um, that's why we always recommend like adding um, one product at a time because then you'll notice like oh this is working this isn't oh, I used this product two weeks ago and I've noticed I've, I've been using it every night and I kind of have this rash. Maybe it's this and then eliminating it. So I think overall, just listening to your body, um, seeing what works and what doesn't and just keeping it really simple and slowly adding things back into it. And yeah, just noticing, taking the time. I think that is really wonderful advice. I think if we are paying attention to how we feel our bodies can tell us a lot i completely agree yeah. with you well today our time has come to an end but this is definitely not the last you're going to hear of us stay tuned for part three um, that will likely come out next month and you can also follow our group of integrative wellness professionals enthusiasts on facebook we have a group um, it is called heal together and myself, as well as Cecily here, is inside of that group. So um, please feel free to send us any uh, questions you have, and we will do our best to always help. If you would like to follow Cecily on Instagram, her handle is hillcountry underscore 
skincare nerd, or you can follow me as well. And that's Gentry, J-E-N-T-R-I underscore Quinn, Q-U-I-N-N. And again, we look forward to catching up with you next time. Bye.